0: welcome to the dive table i'm jay gardner with me as always is mr nick hogle nick how are you doing today i'm doing pretty good want to give a nice hello to all you
1: folks out there in podcast land
0: yeah that's a good that's a good call out today like thank you guys for all of your support and we're we're so stoked on the community that's that's growing around this has been amazing
1: i need you to do me a favor grab that hand put it behind your shoulder and give yourself a pat on the back
0: Oh my goodness. (laughs) And producer Daniel is here as you probably just heard as well. So this means that we're recording an episode of the dive table. So we're glad you're here. We're glad you've chosen uh, to pull up a chair at our table and we hope you take something away from this, even if it's just to entertain or for you to laugh at us for the next hour. I'm really excited about that.
1: I'm here for the comments. (laughs) (laughs)
0: podcast for scuba divers everywhere. Take your seat at the dive table with your hosts, Nick Hogel and Jay Gardner. All right, Nick. So, for today's episode, I feel like we're going to tackle a question that gets talked about in every freaking dive show I've ever listened to or seen. And there's probably good reason that it continues to come up on all these shows, but it also comes up on dive boats and dive teams and instructor conversations, so on and so forth. And I think the reason for that is because there really is no definitive answer to the question we're about to ask. So today we're going to throw our masks, or our hat into the ring and try and tackle this topic, have a discussion about it. Am I a good diver? Now, I don't think... We believe we're gonna get to the definitive, absolute answer today. But I do think we can share our thoughts, our opinions, our experiences, to hopefully add to the conversation, not just be an echo chamber or repeat things that have already been said. So what do you think? You ready to to jump into this topic?
1: I think I'm ready to giant stride right in.
0: Maybe (laughs) a back roll, I don't know, but I'm ready to get in there. All right, well, let's start today with that topic, Am I a Good Diver? with a maybe a more fundamental question does it even matter if you're a good diver and if it does why and what's the big deal anyways with being good at something or being good at this sport um so what do you think what does it matter if you're a good diver or you think you're a good diver
1: uh well i think we need to define good a little bit more. What, what Avenue of good are we going down? Um, yes, I definitely think it matters to Nemo and his friends to be <laughs> a certain type of good diver. Um, but also it matters to your dive buddies on the boat or, uh, maybe not even your actual, you know, quote unquote dive buddy for that dive, but that dive group that you're in amongst your dive buddy. um, I think yeah, there's there's you know we could definitely go skill wise, we can go safety wise, um, but me we've we've talked about a little bit before, but safety is a huge thing on being a good diver and um, uh, confidence, confidence I think, but not being overly confident, um, you know, be confident but humble in the same sense. I'm sure there's a quote out there, somebody write it in the comments. Being confident and humble. What's what's a good quote? Maybe Jay knows cumble <laughs> <laughs>
0: just kidding I just don't know.
1: creating new words but yeah you know just uh um i'm sure there's a there's a i bet there's a bruce lee quote out there i'm gonna have to look that up somebody put that in the comments please
0: yeah so for for me this question doesn't matter if you think you're a good diver. there's two components to this in some ways there's one component that is your ego right <laughs> there's like that other people think I'm a good diver. My ego is at play or I'm so good at this or maybe that's some of the overconfidence that you're talking about. And that's really that external evaluation, how other people see me and that makes my ego feel good, right? And so if you ask me, does it matter if your ego thinks you're a good diver or is so <laughs> confident, I'd say like, no, it doesn't matter if you, your ego is so stroked that you think you're good. The other side of the equation is more on the the soul or the the higher self some people call it or or the you whatever that separation is between the ego and that higher self is really that self assessment piece of it and i think on that regard do you see yourself as a, a progressing getting better in this journey do you have that confidence i think then this the answer to this question doesn't matter is yes yes it matters if you think you're getting better, if you think that you're, you're good in the sense that you're uh, confident in what you're about to do. Because I think when you have that self-awareness, that, uh, that confidence that comes with the knowledge that yes, I'm good and getting better at this, I think that increases the satisfaction you can have or, or the fulfillment that you feel through diving or really even the enjoyment that you get out of the activity. Because I think it's really hard to enjoy something that that you don't feel confident in, right? Like
1: no, I agree. Yeah. Because um, the more confidence you have, the more fun you'll be able to have because you're not worried about, um, like, oh, you know, say you're you're still working on your neutral buoyancy. I think that's kind of something that we're all constantly working towards as as divers, especially new divers going to you know to the more experienced divers. Um, but if you're not worried about your buoyancy because you have your buoyancy down you're going to be able to enjoy your surroundings a lot better because you know like oh crap i'm about to fall into the ground oh crap here comes the octopus he's going to attack me because i'm falling right <laughs> on him or nemo's attacking me it's like no i can be neutrally buoyant and stay above all this stuff and really enjoy um what um the environment
0: that i'm in yeah and i think that's a really interesting point like as we get better At something, let's just take that neutral buoyancy path. We start to release that as something that we're task loading when we're diving, right? So when we're just starting out and we're thinking about buoyancy, period, like, you know, like, am I, we're just really asking a bigger, broader question, not am I neutral? You know, why am I sinking or why am I (laughs) flying to the surface? That's a task load for us to control that. We actually have to think about where we reach to dump air or to add air or or how we use our lungs to neutralize ourselves in the water. Once that becomes something that we have some mastery over in some way, then then we're not thinking about that. We're not loading that as a task anymore. And we're moving on to, like you said, more enjoyment of the reef, or we're moving on to the next thing of dealing with, you know, how I uh, handle my canister light or how I shoot a shoot a bag or something. And so, I think what you're saying, it really reminds me of of something that has been central to my life, not just in SCUBA, but in my life in general, which is this amazing book that I was introduced to years and years and years ago that has been really influential on me um, called Mastery. And it's by George Leonard. And if you haven't read the book out there, I really suggest that you go out and get yourself a copy. It's it's not expensive. Um, or I don't know how expensive it is. I should say it's not long. It's a nice short read. You can do it in a one plane ride. But it's really influential or has been influential on my life because it talks about entering this master's journey. And what Leonard describes as the master's journey is this process of exactly what you're describing, of task loading something, of putting it into practice or hitting the plateau of that practice. It becomes more normalized. There's fluency in it. And then there eventually at some point through that fluency, through the practice of that fluency, you become, you have some mastery in in it that. And then it hits another plateau, right? And another task load and so on and so forth. And for me, I think becoming a good diver, part of that self-awareness, self-evaluation, self-assessment piece of it is, am I confident that I'm progressing along my master's journey? Am I progressing in that journey or not? And I think, for me, that's really important. And maybe to demonstrate just a little bit more because I, I, I love this concept. And like I said, if if you've never read this book, um, I'm happy to try and send you a copy of it. I think it's it's that influential. I, in fact, keep extra copies of it around just for that, that fact. But let's play a, you know, a little game just to play this out a little bit more and apply it to Scuba. So, for example, if you're sitting at home right now, please don't do this if you're driving. But if you're sitting at home or you're sitting on the plane, or, or Nick can do it right here, just take your right hand, point your finger out and then place your right index finger onto your forehead. Just do that. I feel huh. like this is a DUI test right
1: now. <laughs> right. or This reminds me, this reminds me. Of... Uh Oh, Oh, we have stories coming <laughs> oh, here. Man. That's not good. Um, no, no DUIs for me. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, okay, then do I have to, to pop on one foot? No, no, I'm yeah, totally, no. I'm totally kidding. Totally You're kidding. Could. Um, but no, I, okay. Yes. I'm okay. Okay. So we
0: got that. So that's super easy. Was it hard?
1: Uh, a little bit. Oh, no, i totally kidding. No, um, a little bit. I'm I'm still working. Okay,
0: if you're driving out there, please put your hands back on the wheel, right? But I mean, so super Jay easy told task. Me to do it. Like super easy task, right, for us to accomplish. But if you go backwards in time, and and I see this every day, I have very young children. That is not so simple when you're, you know, one year old at this point like it's actually a a very high motor skill intensive activity. First, you have to be able to um, understand what I mean, language wise, when I say, put your finger on your forehead. Number two, you have to be able to point a finger, right? Not uh, on on demand, right? And then you've gotta be able to put that finger and locate, number one, know what a forehead is. And number two, locate that forehead. And then from your brain, your body has to tell its muscles, you know, to move that finger to that exact location very intensive um task loading for a a one one and a half year old it uh it kind of reminds me because i i kind of i
1: use this um analogy if you will in some of my classes uh sometimes where i'm like okay we're just here we're learning a new skill it's going to get easier over time um i could i I tell people i can almost guarantee you probably don't remember when you were trying to learn the ABCs and it's like, Oh, I got to remember these 26 things. This is going to be super difficult. Um, but now, you know, we can recite the ABCs, you know, we have that little song to, to go behind it, but you, it, it's, it's, it's second nature now. I mean, granted, I just learned this a few weeks ago. Um, the ABCs, Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> uh, say, you were so proud you I me. know I was, but the same thing with same thing with riding a bike, Uh, it it does be, you know, you, you probably don't remember depending on how old you are. Maybe you do. It's like, oh man, that was a huge, difficult thing to overcome. But then now you can hop on a bike and just go and and ride it around wherever because it's, it becomes uh second nature because you've done it so many times. So,
0: yeah, exactly. And so if you think about that finger to your forehead, well, what does that enable you to do? Well, eventually put a fork to your mouth, right? That's, that's how you eat at your favorite restaurant or swing a tennis racket or purge a necklace regulator, those those motor skills of being able to locate things, be able to move your hands, be able to do that with your brain, start leading to those other things. And so for me, that master's journey is so important when you think about it. And, and to me, uh, it matters to my satisfaction, my fulfillment, my enjoyment of diving as a sport. That I'm on that journey, that I see that progression happening, and it doesn't happen overnight, but that I'm on the journey. That that to me gives me confidence, um, and that for me is is my own definition of of good is that I'm progressing and I'm progressing in the right way. That that eventually I'm not thinking so much about my buoyancy or I'm not thinking so much about you know my trim or about whatever venting air out of my dry suit or um, you know, how I get properly weighted, whatever those things might be, that those become second nature and allow me to continue to grow and be- become a bigger master or, or better, I shouldn't say bigger master, but better at this. Um, and, and that, that master's journey is, is ongoing. That to me is that confidence, uh, that satisfaction, that fulfillment that I get out of diving.
1: I'm still having a little bit of a hard time, uh, Separating the skill with being good, but uh, I, I, because I, 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 yeah, I do agree with what you're saying, but um I just, I don't know, I'm kind of having a hard time. Well, let's, let's that. get into the yeah. skills. Let's get it. so because uh, I don't think necessarily if you're, if you're not a master of skills, you can still be a good diver, but obviously skills help. But I don't think it defines being good or not being good. If well, that makes well,
0: let's sense. talk about it. Like, uh, what are some of those attributes? I mean, you mentioned safety, but but what are there metrics that we can track? Uh what are attributes that we can recognize that would help us measure a good diver? Do they exist? Do they not? I don't know what's your opinion is here.
1: Um well I, I think it it kinda goes back to where where we're going with it. Um because I, I, I always fall on on safety um just because uh, you know, I don't have the best uh removing and replacing my mask skills, you know, doesn't mean I can't be a safe diver, you know. Uh just knowing, you know, like I feel like a big part of when I'm thinking about, oh, what's a good diver? I'm just thinking safety, you know. Like, oh, okay, how can I be the not necessarily the safest diver out there? You got to kind of, you know, if you're the safest diver out there, then you're probably not in the water, <laughs> you know, because there's definitely, you know, you, you kind of take it out of your control a little bit when you go into the ocean or the lake or the quarry or wherever. Um, but I, I I definitely think, um, safe practices and, and, uh, being a good buddy. Um, I think that can measure, measure you as a good diver, um, being, you know, a a buddy that's competent and, and knowing the plan, knowing, uh, the goal, the mission, whatever you want to say as a diver. Uh, but I I definitely think that to me, it's always going to fall back on safety. Uh weather, and that could be a very huge topic on what is a safe diver. You can almost probably
0: have a whole nother episode on this, yeah, that makes sense and when I was thinking about metrics, cause in in my non scuba life I'm very metrics driven in a lot of ways um and I wouldn't necessarily say i'm metrics driven i'm data driven and metrics are important, right They can tell a story and so I was trying to think of some of the the metrics that come up and and, you know, I started with, okay, sac rate. Okay, that's what a lot of people talk about, your surface air consumption rate. But that's a physiological thing. You know, I mean, like you, your lungs may have a bigger capacity or your body may have a, a larger need for oxygen than mine. And that's just a physiological thing. So just because my sac rate is better than yours doesn't necessarily mean anything, right? Um, although that's something that gets thrown around a lot. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, you're so good because your sac rate so small. Well, you could also just have small lungs, or or maybe maybe there's something wrong with your lungs. <laughs> like you're not breathing that much, right? So that that to me is physiological. It's it's not a determining factor. People talk about buoyancy variance, right? How much variance do you have in buoyancy? You know, from point one meter to 0.5 meters to point three meters to you know, if you're doing that in feet, it's you know, um, you know half a foot to a foot to three feet, and how much you know you're in control. And yeah, maybe, but like. Does it really matter in a recreational layer to be within 0.1 meter of buoyancy, you know, at all times? Um, uh, probably not. You know what I mean. Like, does it matter if you're in a really sensitive environment? Maybe, maybe more yeah. then, right? But not to the average diver, no. Or or things like trim. Like, if you're in trim uh, 100% of the time, does that really matter? Like, if you it, yes, it might if you're in a very if you're in a constriction somewhere deep in a cave or in a wreck. But Yes, I'd like to have all divers in great trim, but is that a way to say, oh, he's, he was out of trim for three minutes of that dive, You know, mark him down a, a yeah. notch. No, not really. So what I came up with instead, and I want you to react to this, is instead of ways to measure, the only thing I could come up with um, uh, right now were ways not to measure. <laughs> <laughs> like here, here are things that are not ways to measure a good diver um and sacre buoyancy variance trim are are loosely in that category although i think they're they are part of the story of being good but the first one that i think how not to measure is the number of dives that you have or or how big your logbook is i don't think be, just because you have more dives than me or i have more dives than you necessarily means that you're a better diver than me or i'm a worse diver than you
1: i agree with that uh i don't think yeah numbers don't matter, but I, I think it's the, the, not the context, but the, the quality of the dive maybe, uh, because, um, you know, someone that has 150 dives is probably going to be a little bit more comfortable than someone that has a one, a five, you know? So, um, but yeah, no, cause there's a lot of people that have really high dive numbers, but in you know we've seen him and I'm like what this guy's still a diver, guy or girl, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. But it's yeah. So I, I definitely don't think that you should judge a good diver on the amount of dive numbers that they have.
0: Right. And and to your point there, yes, there probably is some some breakdown of like after this month people always talk about 25 dives as where you're get like if you introduce something new like your your dry yeah. suit came in. A 25 dive 25 or dive 20, you're going to be comfortable with it. But again, you can have 3,000 dives and have breathed your tank down to 100 psi every time and barely made it back to the surface. And you know, um, someone had to rescue you out of all 3,000 of those dives. Just the number <laughs> you want to book, stop <laughs> Yeah, The number in your logbook doesn't it, it might say yeah, I have a lot of time underwater, but it, it doesn't mean necessarily that you're better than somebody else because you have more dives okay so yeah i agree number two ways not to measure the years that you've owned your certification card uh
1: yeah well I, i definitely there's two sides to the coin on this yes because if you've had a certification card for 30 years but you only do one dive a year then yeah that's that's not you know a good i don't want to say i'm not calling you not good because if you want that one dive a year that's fine um but i guess it goes back to being that you know con, uh humble and just knowing like yeah i've been certified since 1983 but i only go diving once a year know your worth you know so yeah, yeah i agree with that i don't think it's the years of certification or years of diving because i know people that have been certified for a very long time, but they haven't also dove since,
0: you know, the nineties. So it's, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think this one to me really picks at me a little bit um, because I I do think, wow, you've been certified for 10 years. You must be great because I'm a relatively new diver, right? I'm relatively new um, within the last year. Right. And and I've progressed really fast um, compared to some other ones. And there's a stigma around that, like hero or zero to hero gets gets thrown around sometimes, and these things, and they say, "Oh well, what you need is more experience." I say, "Well, okay, what do you mean? Like I've dove you know ten different dive sites, yes, I can always gain more experience, but just because I'm not certified for three years and I had the same number of dives, then you take me more seriously versus I'm certified for a year, and only and I have this number of dives, then I don't get taken seriously. It's really interesting to me. So I I don't think that's a fair judgment on the quality of diver that I am personally is the number of years that I've been diving.
1: Well, in, in my, in my experience, um, no, but I think when I know, yeah, the, the whole zero to hero thing gets thrown out there a lot. And, um, I, I think there's good points and bad points about that. The, the one, thing that I do agree with about experience is um, say you take a zero to hero so open water to instructor or whatnot, not and, and they do it in a very short span of time um, I think that if someone and, and believe me I wish I would have done it longer but we all have known dive masters that like oh I've been a dive master for 10 years I've been helping out with classes for 10 years when you have that experience you have that time Um, You get to see not get but you you um, learn about problems that could happen and you see problems that could happen with students that the zero to hero instructor might not necessarily see like when they're an instructor and then they have this problem that they're encountering with a student. Um, they're, they're learning how to do it and, and they're going to use that when they move forward. So, um, as opposed to a dive master, who's been working in the industry for a long time, they might have seen a lot of these problems. So when they go on to become an instructor, they're like, oh, okay, um, I've seen this problem before and I've seen this problem fixed two different, three different, four different ways or whatnot. So I think that that's for me when I'm like, oh, the experience, it doesn't necessarily make you a worse instructor not to have that experience because you're going to learn it. You're going to see it. it, With every new class, every new student, there's going to be different things that happen that you can't account. You can't account for every class that you're going to have in the future. Um, But I do believe that that experience helps – in a certain way. Like I was a dive master roughly for about two years before I became an instructor. And I felt like I, uh, witnessed a good amount of problems and learned how to deal with those problems. But then again, when you become an instructor, you're not going to be able to run into every single, you know, you're going to like, Oh wow, I haven't seen this one before. So let's figure out how to, um, deal with that. And, and what I've seen is when you're a little bit more experienced, it won't, uh, throw you for a loop as much if that makes sense like oh you know I uh it, it's like okay I've kind of seen this before I can deal with it a little bit better um then oh this is a game ender you, you shouldn't be a diver it's like no you know um we'll work around this and we'll get you more comfortable to where you need to go so
0: yeah and I totally agree with you I think experience um is really important but experience is different than a metric of number of years or number of dives the assumption that you could just, you know, have 500 dives to the same platform, <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the same depth. And not to say that everyone does that, but it can happen. And that doesn't mean you're more experienced. So I agree with you. I think the the diversity of experiences yes. is really important. But that doesn't necessarily mean because I've been diving for five years, I've had lots of diversity. Or because I've been diving for one year means I have less diversity of experience. Yeah. You could get in the water every day in a different dive site and have a ton of experience built up in six months, if that's what you wanted to do. Yeah, right?
1: and and uh, I I don't know if I've... I I want to say I've spoke about this before on the podcast, uh, but I, I do. So I became uh, a dive professional with one organization here in the central Texas area um, where most of that was conducted in a lake. Um You know, freshwater lake, Lake Travis, you hear us talking about it all the time. Um, And in my mind, uh, I wanted more experience to add to that. So I actually went overseas and did a dive master internship with another organization in the ocean to have that experience because it's very, very different d- type of diving, diving in freshwater lakes. We've talked about it here on the podcast before. Uh, but I wanted that to be able to have that experience because in my mind, I was like, oh, okay, um, I'm a dive master. I should know all this. But then I felt dumb when I was out in the ocean. It's like, oh, I'm a dive master, but I have four dives in the ocean, you know? And, and so I was like, I need to go out. And, and that's just me. This is just me personally. You know, I'm not – if if – you know, you only work freshwater lakes, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying I wanted more experience, so I went out there and was like, oh, okay, uh, I, I want more experience in the ocean. How can I do that? Um, and then plus I'm just always looking for how can I get the most amount of dives the cheapest way possible. Hey, let's do a dive master internship. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: All right, so here's another one on ways, metrics that we can't use to measure good. Um, the, the price tag on your gear. Yeah that's yeah. <laughs> it's all expensive. <laughs> it's all expensive. But there are people that say, "Oh, he he's diving that rig, he must be good." I've heard that before on a dive boat. You know, like not about my rig, obviously. <laughs> but somebody else's. Like, you know, um, you know, and so there is some, you know, uh, conflation between the the people make of, "Oh, I have this Expensive, the most expensive dive gear, which means I'm a good diver. Sometimes that, that, that mix up happens. I yeah, think. definitely. That's not a gauge. And, and to tell you the truth on a boat, um, you, we all
1: kind of see it. You'll, you know, you look around your dive boat and you see the, the set of divers with all brand new gear, basically just taking their tags off. And I'm most of the time like, okay, those are the people I want to stay away from. <laughs> um, and then you have this other diver who's just a little bit, you know, maybe super nice or whatnot. You look at his diving and you're like, man, that's some weather dive gear. That's probably the guy that I'm going to go towards. <laughs> uh, like, he's probably got quite a few dives. Doesn't always necessarily mean that, but um, you know, I, I, I feel, I feel like I'm an all right judge of character. I'm I'm a pretty approachable person. I feel like I can approach most people. Um I don't I don't have that type of social anxiety um that sometimes my girlfriend wishes I had. <laughs> I'll just go talk to anybody, but uh Including other ladies. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's the part she doesn't like. I know, right, I know. But no, I, I, I'll strike up conversations with almost anybody. If you're in a four foot, five foot radius of me, I apologize because we're probably gonna end up talking, especially if I've had a couple of drinks. Well, you, let's um,
0: let's correct that. If you're in a four foot or five foot radius of Nick. You're probably going to end up listening.
1: Yeah, <laughs> guys got
0: jokes. Okay, uh, but you're
1: probably right. I, I, I'm jokes, working on it. Volume seven. I, <laughs> I, I am working on it. Um, I'm like, no, okay, Nick, great. shut your it's mouth. A great thing about Shut it. your mouth. I love um, it. But I, I do. It is something I do need to work on because I talk too damn much. That's why I'm on this podcast. Um, but uh, <laughs> you found your calling, I know, right? Um, but I, I will. I'll strike up a conversation with people, and I, I, I don't look at it as an interview. I don't look at it as me, okay, I need to find out who and what this person's all about. But you can kind of just ask certain questions and and gauge a person's I don't want to say ability underwater, but you know, you start talking to someone and they'll be like, Oh man, this is my first dive out of open water class. I'm like, shit. Okay. So, or as you know, you, you're like, Oh, I, I live here. I'm on the boat every other day. This is awesome. You know, this is a good time. Or, um, you know, I take quite a few trips a year. Um, but just one to get to know the group that you're diving with. Um, which you know we're talking about it now how do we how do we figure out who a good diver is and you're not gonna be able to figure that out in the conversation on the boat but i feel like you can get a a a decent gauge on okay you know me as a professional i i hate to say it but i do kind of size people up on the boat not in a bad way but i'm like okay um just that professional thing kicks in and i'm like i'm just gonna kind of keep an eye on this person I don't think anything bad's going to happen, but I just, in case something happens, I want to be there to give them a, uh, you know, my, my Octo or give them my whatever, you know, just to kind of, oh, okay, um, uh, l- let me just kind of watch people are oh you know, I had a conversation. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to have to worry about that guy. And that's not always the case either. So it, I'm not saying that you're going to figure everybody out on top of the boat. I'm still trying to figure myself out here. Um, but,
0: Uh, that, yeah,
1: that's kind of where I was going with it. I'm done now.
0: (laughs) Let me pull you out of the rabbit hole that you went by. Yeah, that was a good one. So, yeah, so we agree. The, the, the price tag on your gear is not necessarily, uh, is certainly not a determiner of whether or not you're good or not. Um, okay. Here's another one.
1: Is it a problem that I like expensive things? (laughs) 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 <laughs> well, you are a scuba instructor, <laughs> so
0: the, that would mean it probably is a problem. I'd say a I do it for profession. the discounts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's another metric that I I don't think you can use to determine a a good diver, which is how deep you've you've been before. Oh, and I think this gets no thrown man. around a lot. That like, oh, well, I've been 130 feet. Especially new divers will go like, there's some allure of the deep. That the deeper you go, that means I'm better. And then you start thinking about it—the dives that you did to 130 feet on air, you know, with, <laughs> where you got separated—and you go, "Oh, like you were saying earlier, oh, I I survived, so therefore I I must be good." Yeah. So I don't think how deep you go is a measurement of how good you are.
1: Yeah, and I'll be honest—I mean, I'm I'm not a fan. I need to, I need to word this correctly. Uh, I am not the. I don't. <laughs> there's no way I'm gonna be able to say this without it getting taken the wrong just way. I'm not somebody. a. i am not I know. I'm not a fan of going deep. Um, but oh. uh, I know, right? I know. I. I know. I know. I just. Yeah. Of course. But no. I. I in all honesty, I do like the shallow dives better. It's like, why do I want to go deep? I'm going to go through air quicker. My bottom time is going to be shorter. There's some most, I mean, there's certain, if there's something to see down there, yes, let's go and go check it out. Uh, but why? It's you're, I, I want to go see all the pretty coral and the fish. You're going to see more stuff where, where the light gets through more. So, you know, give me that 40, 50 foot max depth and I'm completely fine with it. Um, but yeah, if, if you're telling me there's a cool wreck to go down there, let me go get properly trained and let's go down there and spend some time. But most of the time I'm like, man, let's, let's hang out at 40 feet. Some of my best part of my dives are like after the safety stop when it's just bright and the coral's beautiful and there's so much life. Um, so don't take that the wrong way that I don't like to go deep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I'm just not even going to go there. So, I think that that's that is a metric sometimes that people throw out there that maybe in a braggadocious way or or maybe as a comparison point that they have been deeper than somebody else. And when you're uh, you know, in your first 25 dives, somebody says, "Oh, yeah, I've been down to 130." Uh, you know, oh, you, you, there is something in your brain that goes, Wow, you know, and, and I think that that's a good one to kind of stop, put an end to. So there's another way not to measure. Um, here's another one that I have learned the hard way is your title, your scuba diving title. So just because you're called a dive master or an instructor or a rescue diver or a master scuba diver or an instructor trainer, that doesn't necessarily mean, again, it's not an on-face that's a good diver. Um, it might talk about the experience it might talk about their training but it doesn't mean automatically because you're dive matter master that makes you a good diver
1: i agree uh title does does not matter and just for all you folks out there i did bring out my master diver scuba scuba card for jay today um and my little pin that i'm proud of uh but uh what episode yeah. was that episode <laughs> five um, or six
0: go listen to that one but
1: uh no I, I definitely titles titles don't mean anything and I think that goes back to experience and time um, and those aren't necessarily gauges but uh, I you know I, I just think that um, yeah don't just because someone tells you that they're an instructor or a dive master or a dive god, whatever they want to talk about themselves you know don't don't um, don't judge it upon that judge it upon. Um, one, how they conduct themselves, two, you know, when you see them in the water. Because I I actually just heard a very funny story yesterday. Um, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, and they were going through this course, and uh, there's this course out, it's uh, called... Uh, some folks know it as Ocarina Spring. Some folks know it. I think it's now called Spring Lake down in San Marcos. And there's this course that you go through where uh, you basically, you know, you dive around this dive site. It's basically a pond or a lake or spring lake. I don't know. Um, it's called Spring Lake, so therefore it's a lake, uh, Nick. Um, but So they were diving around it, and then they actually set up a couple of bottles for you halfway through your dive. And, um, so they set it up halfway through your dive. So when you get to that point, if you need to switch a bottle, then you have a bottle for you to switch. Um, average depth, I think max depth is 20 feet. So you're probably averaging 15, 10, 15 feet. Most of the time <laughs> they get there and granted their students in the course, they get there and everyone's like, okay, does anybody need to switch the bottles? And everyone was like, no, no. And then the dive master Was like, yeah, I need to go switch my bottle because I'm low on air. And I'm like, in my head, I was like, really? (laughs) Um, So that's a perfect example. It's like, what? You know, granted, we did just say it doesn't matter. You know, maybe he's a bigger individual and he just goes through air more but you know you you think like oh man the the dive master they're probably going to be amazing on air they're going to be amazing in the water and then you get there and you're you're like what you have to switch the bottle out um and that doesn't mean anything you know maybe i I don't know but that's we're going back to how not to gauge sack rate don't gauge somebody
0: by their yeah well and and that builds on the last bullet point i had on on how not to measure was your number of c cards and you can have a book full of c cards yeah as you reach for your book now and um I, and yes that might that might again say that you've had lots of experience and that might mean you're good but on face if i say i have 253 c cards that doesn't necessarily on face mean i'm a good diver it probably means like i'm i have a lot of money to burn or <laughs> I something i don't know <laughs> a lot of time on my hands
1: i was going to cuz it's it's i feel like it's kind of dumb I'll look through my book sometimes I'm like, man, this is the dumbest thing I have all like I was talking to producer Daniel one time and um I, I, he was like, Oh man, you should take a picture with all your C cards and I'm like, No, dude, why would I do that? And he's like, No, you know, it's kinda cool and I was like, No, it just shows that I spent a lot of money on <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna Each start-
0: one of those costs money. Yeah, exactly. I'm some of new- them. Hold on, real car. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. No, sorry. go ahead. Go ahead. No,
1: some of them I I am actually really pumped on. Um, some of them, you know, it was like, oh okay, I'll I'll just do this for various reasons. Let's get it. Uh, drift dive. No, I'm totally kidding. You, I'm totally your snorkel kidding. clearing <laughs> certification. My snorkel <laughs> clearing <laughs> certification. My DSMB cert. Um, but no, some of them I'm I'm pumped. You know, these days. When I do get a cert card, it's actually something that I'm, I'm working towards. Um, I don't, you know, hopefully, uh, you did read through our biography so that way you can get to know me and Jay a little bit more. Um, but the cert cards that I'm going towards now, uh, you know, I, I kind of got on a different side of the industry, so I'm I started doing visual inspections, so I needed a cert card for that. Uh, I'm in the process of doing my uh, gas blending certification card. Um, uh, I have a uh, I did an intro to tech, which I'm pretty pumped on that because I'm like, okay, I'm finally venturing into that technical world of diving that I've been chasing after for a while. Um, and you know, then I'm, I'm currently working on an O2 tech. So I, it's not the amount of cards or anything, but when I do those, it's it's like, it's an accomplishment. And I do have to say that some of these cards, it was an accomplishment at the time, but these days I'm like, man, that like, let me just, okay. Throw another card on the pile, you know? But I, I will, I will show you a picture of all these cert cards that I got. They've been hassling me for it. So <laughs> we'll we'll make a nice little joke at it. I spend
0: too much money. Well, I think we can agree number of C cards. Although I was gonna say uh, I'm gonna start a challenge. I'm gonna call it the three by three by three challenge. So anyone that <laughs> wants to take on the challenge, let's do it. Three agencies, three complete sets of every specialty and class they oh, offer. Oh lord. Times one more three for only $300,000. <laughs> Anyone up for it? The three by three by three challenge. Some uh, of those cross over too, so just do one and then cross Don't over. Don't tell them that. That's part of my <laughs> Ponzi scheme here, right? Yeah, that was uh, – now that's out of the bag. No, I'm that's kidding. Fine. Of course I'm not. So well, I think those are some good ways not to measure. I think what we're getting at is maybe one way to measure – in kind of your interview that you talked about on the boat and, and some of the the outcomes of some of these things like the number of dives or years or sea carts is the diversity of experience. That's a good way to think about you being a good diver. Do I have a really diverse set of experiences or am I in the same quarry or in the same reef every single time I dive? That might be a way that we can measure um, a good diver. Uh, and I think that there's another one here. and And the way that I think about it is when I see... A diver that I am I admire, I'm usually thinking to myself, I want to be able to do that. I usually there's some verb that the word we're going back to skill. So I'm coming back to the idea that there are some skills, but they're not universal. So the skill set that a photographer has is different than an ice diver is different than you know, the best drift diver in the world, whoever that might be, right? Um, That there are some skills. And when I see a diver in the water that I really admire or I'm watching a video of them or something, I usually say to myself, I want to be able to do that. And I was thinking about, well, do, that's a skill. And so there is some performance, right? There is some level of being able to perform a skill, not necessarily universally, but in a specific thing that you want to be able to do there are probably some essential skills for everybody but then there are critical skills to that type of diving um, or that task that you're trying to do or like you said if there's something really interesting at 250 feet let's go get the training that takes a different skill so we want to be able to do that skill proficiently to be able to have that experience at 250 feet or whatever it might be and so I think it means two things. One that there is a, a performance basis that we can measure based on what we want to go do. If all you want to do is is like you say, you know, thirty foot, ten meter, you know, reef dives and and that's it. And and then okay, there's a skill set that's associated with that. It's probably easier to gain proficiency and then ultimately mastery with those skills as you put in training. But if you want to go down to and penetrate a wreck that's at two hundred and fifty feet and that'll take you four hours, that's a different set of skills that you need to be able to master. So there is some performance there. Um, and that that's that's one piece of it. And then the second thing in this was for me is that we really just tend to judge good in relation to, to yourself. <laughs> like it's really it's really is a self-centered world where we say that person's good because they're better than me or that person's bad because they're worse than how I perceive myself. And so in that, we have to then start, when we talk about measuring a good diver, we have to start by measuring ourselves, And I think that's the self-assessment, the removing ego, the humility piece of it that comes important. So how do we measure? Well, diversity of experience, I think that there's some performance of skills in there. And then I think, am I, am I able to have that self-awareness? Am I able to assess myself and, and, and then see others in relationship to myself? Those might be ways that, that we can determine For ourselves and and about others whether or not someone is a quote-unquote good diver or not
1: no i i I agree i like uh what that just kind of popped in my head but i think that's another measure of a good diver is uh awareness self-awareness um just awareness of your surroundings knowing what's going on Um, but self self self-awareness is i think that can lead back to being safe just knowing hey i'm not trained to do that skill. I'm not trained to do that dive. Um, self-awareness is a huge, huge thing, um, that goes into being a good diver. I feel.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's maybe talk a little bit more, um, here. I had this question written, are there absolute good attributes, quote unquote, and absolute bad quote unquote attributes of a diver. But I had a really hard time answering this one because it's hard to, just throw labels around. Right. Yeah. It, arbitrarily. So when I approached it, it was more around if I'm on a dive boat and I'll ask you this question. If you're on a dive boat, what are some things that you're going to avoid in the buddy that you're going to choose on that dive boat? Like, what are you looking for? Um, I have my own list, but what's yours?
1: What or who I'm going to avoid. Usually uh, producer, Daniel. No, totally kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Um, he was on my list too. I, <laughs> That's surprising. Love you, Daniel. Um, you know I'm um, um, the 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 know it all. Uh, oh, you know I've done this, I've done that. I know it all. The the um, I threw that word out there earlier. The uh, the cocky, overconfident person that will tell you, oh, you don't want to do this. That's this is this is how you want to do it. Um, just and 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 honestly, I mean maybe they are right. I don't know, but it's all about being that personable individual to to promote your however you're going to but just the person that comes out like oh that's that's dumb why you're doing it that way the the overconfident cocky individual um i don't necessarily shy away from the underconfident divers, if anything, I probably I feel like I'll gravitate towards them more just because I like that they're underconfident just because of the fact that, OK, that's not something I have to worry about in that sense. But um, maybe me being there will help their their confidence or they'll help. It'll help them feel more comfortable. Maybe that's the the professional instructor side of me. Um, I know I know one for Jay is uh, the the guy with the big Bowie knife <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> he's probably wants to stay away from that individual um, but just yeah the 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 diver on the boat that you know has a story about every you know this and that and like oh okay I'm 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 gonna tell you why you're doing or w- what we're doing I don't know it, it's just yeah, the overconfident the yeah the know it all yeah. the know it all individual um, and uh, I mean there's usually by the time I See a person, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I'm gonna kind of stay away from that person, producer Daniel. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, that's that's a good question. I, I can't think of everything right now. But what are what
0: are some things that you try to avoid? Well, there there's a good wing to the know-it-all. Just to add on to no, your point, is is there's the know-it-all, and sometimes that person and this next person are the same, and sometimes they're different. But there's a great Saturday Night Live sketch a while ago. You can look it up, which is like the one-upper. Uh, So every time that you like tell a story like, oh man, I hurt my finger. Well, I cut off my hand. Yeah, I know, right? Oh oh, man, that was a great dive. Well, mine was better. You know, like that that one upper guy can also be the know-it-all guy or And that doesn't make him a bad
1: diver. It just makes him an annoying (laughs) ass Yeah, you don't want to be around him. Yeah,
0: so (laughs) that's good. Uh, Here's one on my list of things that I kind of avoid. Um, Diving beyond their limits. You know, I I think that that's something that indicates a – Neglect for safety or a neglect for self-awareness or or lack of self-awareness. So if, if they're like, I, you know, I've never um, Been in the ocean before and we're on a boat out to a, a wreck that's, you know at 175 feet like this is my first ocean dive. You're like Oh, like yeah, it might be uh, beyond your limits. Maybe not. I don't know, but but oh, well, you know That might be a little scary. I try to Say divers that dive beyond their limits or that are are have that false sense of confidence that we talked about earlier that's maybe someone i'm not gonna you know immediately up with
1: i do kind of want to add a little bit to that because uh it it goes back to um people don't know what they don't know right um so a huge thing so it's not it, it not that doesn't always fall to the diver themselves um Because a little fun fact, hopefully you know this out there in in scuba world, um, but if you have an open water certification, and that is your only certification um, with a few different agencies, I can't speak for every agency, um, but most of the bigger recreational agencies, if you have an open water certification, you're actually limited to 60 feet. You cannot go below 60 Let me rephrase that. There's a net at 60 feet across the world. Yeah, I know, right? And and there's you uh, you have only been trained to 60 feet. Therefore, if you have yeah, if you have your open water certification, you should not be going below 60 feet. Granted, I know many, plenty, lots of people they have an open water certification. They've been down to 70. They've been down to 80. I've been places to where they're conducting classes through wrecks, and I'm like, what in the hell is going on? um, that open water diver probably doesn't know that they're not supposed to be in there. That falls on the professional that they're with. Um, and I always tell people, you know, Hey, you go down below 60 feet, you know, the scuba police isn't going to come out. The net's not going to be cast. You know, they are not going to come out, um, and write you a ticket or, you know, suspend your scuba license, but it's about going and, 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 b- being trained on what you're doing. Um, The biggest thing I tell people why they shouldn't is just because one, you're not trained to, but if you get hurt for some reason and you have scuba insurance, there goes your insurance, you know? So it's like, okay. But the problem is you have a lot of people that will facilitate and say, Oh uh, yeah, we're going on this wreck. It's a super calm reef. It's it's at a, the wreck starts at 75 feet and the deepest part of the wreck is 90 feet or something. So we're going to go, we're going to go through the wreck. And um, so I don't necessarily fault the person for that all the time they should know it's like hey if you have an open water certification um, just know that you are only limited to 60 feet um, but uh so it, it yeah it's that that's a hard line sometimes because you don't know what you don't know most right. people are like oh i just have an open water i can go diving wherever and this professional is taking me down here they know better than me um, and then we're all going to hit that point at some point in time where we're all going to have not or every diver where there it's going to be we've all had it where it's their first ocean dive so um it it, that shouldn't scare people away either just because at some point in time i remember my first ocean dive luckily it was my discover scuba dive but i had no clue um you know the actual dangers of what's involved and i I wish i could remember more about that dive just so i could say man i probably shouldn't have done that but to me i was just having a good time so
0: well to your point about 60 feet it it sometimes as a new diver can seem like an arbitrary number that gets pulled out of nowhere right yeah just like a speed limit but there's good logic behind why yes. 60 feet is is the is the minimum and and it has a lot to do with how uh, the maximum body, for open water yeah yeah your, your body is dealing with you know the on take the on gassing at that point and then how your body will deal with off gassing and, and there's a difference at that a- atmosphere absolute versus um you know 70 feet when you go down to 70 versus 60 so there's there's good logic I don't know if that gets explained well often, but there's a reason for that. And in fact, in some of the the you know more um, ratio deco that the, uh, dive tables that I I follow, our NDN, NDL table changes dramatically from 60 feet to 70 feet on both the up and the down in terms of NDL time, um, and and in terms of your decompression time after that. So there's good logic. We won't go into that. That's a whole different uh, discussion. But, yes, I think diving beyond your limits, um, and that doesn't mean if you've gone to 65 feet because you only have your your open water cert that you're bad. It just means, hey, I would Shaking probably avoid somebody that, that's like has that because you build a false sense of security without the training and the knowledge to do that, and that's diving beyond your limits. Okay, so here's another one that I would avoid on a boat. Um, this is a little funny, but it's pretty serious too. And I avoid these types of people kind of in my life as well, um, which are the disorganized or in scuba land, we, we call them Christmas tree divers. Ah. <laughs> and that means, you know, you went in yeah. the shop and you bought everything off the shop. And that means because you bought it, you need to strap it onto your, your, uh, your kit in some way. And so you're just dangling a bunch of gear off of your, your BC or off your harness um, that that has no purpose or need. I, I, in fact, saw some guy, the other day, and this, uh, <laughs> not naming names, but you know, they have a little scuba tank that that you could put your a key in oh, that yeah. they sell. I mean, it's kind of cute, whatever. This guy had it strapped to the to his right. Um, you know, he, he had probably like, I think four or five D rings on on this front, uh, harness. Each one, I was just like, oh my goodness, and and every one of them had like at least two things strapped to it. So that's kind of the the Christmas tree <laughs> diver um you know the Christmas light diver that there, I would avoid that on a dive. There boat.
1: is there is being prepared and then there's definitely being over prepared. Um yeah, there's no need. Just take what you need for the dive um and uh and, and there's certain things yeah, I agree that that every diver should carry, but it's it's like man you don't need those fifteen lights, you know. If <laughs> if the first two break, just end the dive, you know. The, you know, the <laughs> first one breaks, you probably should yeah, end the dive and use the know, other one. You know, and out. so it's like, um, but no, I I agree, and we do see a lot of those. Christmas tree divers. I'm sure at some point I was probably there where I was carrying too much stuff, but you know, goes back to, you don't know what you don't know. Um, but yeah, there, there's no need to, to, to bring everything under the kitchen sink out on your dive. Yeah, um, But I, I 100% agree with it. And, and I, I, I try not to fault people for that, but at the same time, um, I, I might go and, and it's always it's not about like it, it's always about the approach. Just like oh, you know why? What's that for? Oh, what, what's that for? Oh, why what's do you that have for? three SMBs you know? Know? Yeah, strapped it's, to your back
0: like, D ring? Like, <laughs> In case one fails, what <laughs> um, about the third one? In case that one fails too? Yeah, like, and it's
1: yeah, it's that's a funny. That's where a funny are you buying? Your I feel SMBs. like we can have a
0: whole conversation just on on christmas around christmas we should that would (laughs) be a good that would be a good christmas well and i think too like for me if i think about my kit and again all this comes back to we judge in comparison to ourselves right like in and so if i think about my kit i mean the accessories that i'm bringing standard on any dive i have an smb in my pocket right in my right pocket i have a set of wet notes in my right pocket in my left pocket I have a backup mask and I have a set of shears, right? I also have a Z knife um, on my belt on my left side um, and that's it. Now, if I'm going to go into you know um, something where I need cookies or, or line arrows or something like that, then you bring those with you. If you need a second reel um, for some reason, you're in a high current situation and you want to get back to the anchor line, great, bring the reel. Like, uh, But you're, to your point – you know, bring what you need for the dive. Don't bring everything you own because you own it as a just in case, um, think about that dive. And then the basic safety gear, you know, uh, is on me at all times. So that's how I dive. That's how I prefer to dive is more of a minimalistic uh, standpoint, but it's not knocking somebody that's going to bring an S- extra SMB. It's just, what's the logic behind that? What's the reason? And the reason is because I bought it or because I spent money on it or because it's in my pocket already, well, then we want to evaluate that. That comes back to the, being a thinking diver, right? Being self-aware um, while you're doing that. So I think what Jay's explaining it is he's doing it right. <laughs> well, that's one way to put That's one way to put it. All right. So that's good. I think that there, there are some things that maybe you and I would avoid on a dive. <laughs> and then there's probably others that, that people can, can say. Um, I want to avoid the the hungover guy too somewhat. But –
1: sometimes it's kind of fun to be next to that person because if you've ever seen somebody throw up underwater, it really does bring all the fish oh, around. So. <laughs> I've seen
0: my fair share of people puking before we're underwater. Oh, and really? prefer to, I prefer I definitely move away from that. Yeah. Spot. I had a recently I was on a boat and I was sitting next to the, you know, this boat had two side exits. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the little areas to exit there um, with steps and I was sitting next to the steps, you know, getting my kit uh, together and this woman yells bucket uh, but cool. she didn't make it. And ah. so she's heading towards that step as she didn't make it. And just by, I think, millimeters missed me. A projectile just kind of uh. missed me. And I thought, this is not a good position on the boat. Like I like sitting here because it gives me a little more room because there's not someone right next to me. But then I didn't think about the, you know, the the puke. So I, I've changed my location, <laughs> preferred location on a dive boat from... Being away from the side exit stair, stay. where people are don't people. be the
1: hungover person, and uh, but some people get seasick; they can't help it.
0: So to close this out, are there anything like I have a list of things, a small list, short list of, of things that are absolute goods in my mind, and one is that I think I'm attracted to a diver. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Thank that sounds you. funny, but um, but that that's in a constant state of learning, like is always open to learn, and is not. Like you described the diver on the boat that's like, You're doing this the wrong way, do it a different way. Like I think open to other ways of learning, open to other ways of doing things is, is willing to open be wrong. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something that yeah, I, I wanna dive with that guy or girl. The second one was an ability to self assess, or at least a desire to be self aware and, and assess their performance, their you know, how they're doing, where they are, um in the boat. And then the third one for me was I, I called it like confidently calm and prepared for the dive. Um, right, they have what they need. They're com- they're not the one on the boat. Like, where's my fin? Where you know where? Where's my tank again? I forgot. <laughs> hey, we're at the dive site for the last ten minutes. Like, you know, let's go. Um, I think these three things: constant learning, ability to self-assess, and and confidently calm and prepared, are things that for me um, are. Areas that I would say, okay, that's probably a, a diver that I want to dive with on the boat. And it might just mean that I'm, I'm attracted to myself, which is probably <laughs> true. I, I think these are things that describe me on a boat most of the time. But, um, but again, I'm, I've already been honest that likely the way that you're judging good and bad is in relationship to yourself.
1: Um, so and why. with uh, – so self-assessment can go many different ways. Um, but if, if you are working or improving, learning new skills – um, I highly, highly suggest for divers out there is to get video. I feel like it's not utilized um, in the dive industry as much as it should be. I feel that it's it's being utilized more in the last few years. You know, with the the GoPros and and some of them are even like uh, you know I. I Uh, I have basically kind of a knockoff GoPro version, but it still does the same thing. But I could still get video of myself underwater. And then you can really see, because we've we've talked about it before, um, is you you might think you're doing absolutely amazing. And then someone shows you a video of yourself and and you're like, okay, let's just start from scratch. Yeah, that 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 mental model doesn't match Um, up to reality. But it it will also, one, it will confirm where you believe you are and then you know it'll help you along that skill path i mean you don't need you know you there's some there's some funny videos out there definitely but you don't need that video for every dive that you're going on um although there is some funny videos i don't know if you you follow uh crap fish photography on uh on on facebook but there's there's some really really funny videos or pictures out there which can be quite humorous so but yeah get uh for not like i said if you're if you're doing uh skills and trying to get better definitely try to get somebody or a way to film yourself to help you improve on that uh journey
0: yeah and one of the ways that you can do that really simply is you know if if you're wondering how you're doing in you know your regulator and move and replace skill for example or or how you're doing in trim what your trim looks like you don't have to like shoot a video for the whole hour of your dive or or however long you're diving 30 minutes you can reserve you know 15 minutes at the end of a dive to go back to uh even do it during your you know if you're doing a 15 minute or 15 minute 15 foot uh 3 minute you know safety stop you can shoot you know a video at that point of do a skill right it gives you something to do during that that stop you know shoot a video um you know you can grab some i use a little tripod under the water and i just attach a weight to it and i can stick that thing anywhere stick it on a platform or stick it on a rock somewhere and shoot a quick video video i totally agree nick is is a huge tool for any athletic endeavor, any athletic endeavor. And so scuba applying that, it's easier and easier and easier every day. And I would say even less and less expensive every day to be able to shoot a video, you know, get yourself a, a GoPro on a used market. You know what I mean? Get yourself a, a second, um, uh, not secondhand, but uh, what do they call that aftermarket, you know, waterproof case, test it. I've had my GoPro four died because of an aftermarket case, uh, unfortunately, that I took out of my pocket and looked at it. And, <laughs> Oh, that's full of water. And so it went into the rice for a <laughs> week. It's kind of it wet in there. Um, but you can you can get it very easily. And it, if you haven't used video before, Nick and I couldn't be bigger proponents of doing that. We use it or I use it in all of my training um, with students and, and so on and so forth. I think it's a really important tool. Well, good. Uh, anything else on absolute goods or bads? Um,
1: No, I think that pretty much. I mean, I, I definitely feel like we can go probably another – Few episodes, few hours. We always you could go, go another. Yeah, few Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but I think, I mean, that's a good start, and I could definitely see us having a follow up to this uh, podcast or this episode, I should say. So,
0: um, no, I like it. I think it's good. Good. So today we focused on the topic: "Am I a good diver?" And we talked a little bit about: "Does it even matter if I'm good?" Does it matter? And I think we answer that by saying: "If it, if your definition of good is that other people." say you're good, then yeah, it doesn't matter. If your definition of good is that I feel like I'm confident, I'm having more fun enjoyment. I'm on that master's journey. Then yeah, it matters. And you're the one to define that. We also talked about some of the metrics that we can potentially use to define a good diver. <laughs> I think we spend most of our time talking about <laughs> metrics not to use, but maybe that are used often. And I think that's important. And then finally, we talked about some of the things that we see as attributes or, or maybe some telltale signs of, of things that could, tip us off that maybe we do or don't want to dive with that particular person so we want to hear from you what do you think a good diver is how do you measure the quality of a diver how do you know that you're improving or that you're on that journey Uh, what do you think so if you enjoy this episode and want to be a part of this growing community you can join us in a couple ways number one remember we want to hear your story so share your thoughts with us Leave us a voicemail. There's a cool new feature on our site. Uh, leave us a voicemail on the website, www.thedivetable.com. Right there on the right-hand column, there's a little button that says leave a voicemail. Leave a voicemail. If we get that voicemail, who knows? You might show up on an episode, a future episode here. You can also leave a comment there or send us an email, info at Number two, subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast. That way you know when the latest one drops. Number three, leave us a rating. They tend to really help, and we really appreciate all the ratings that we've gotten out there. Um, keep them coming. And then finally, if uh, you enjoyed the episode, send a link to it. Send a link to thedivetable.com, um, to your dive buddy, your dive team, your last scuba instructor. If you didn't like the show, send it to you know your ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend. Uh, up to you. But uh, that can help us. uh, Even if you don't like the show, maybe they will. Um, And then lastly, we're trying to figure out a good closing to the show. Um, And I think I'm just going to say, you know, safe diving, keep diving and have fun out there. What do you have to say? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? All right. That's it. That's it. The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com.